This is Gio Gavano, and you're checking out the Three Count Podcast. Welcome everybody to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring. I'm your host Clifford Red Dog Miller and uh, you know I'm the one that leads you on these expeditions. I'm that guy. I'm the guy I'm leading you up the peak. Okay we're going to the summit of Mount Everest. That's what I do here on this podcast. But it's not about me. It's about who's entering the ring. So now entering the ring, this man can be found at Invictus. You can find this man at Northeast Wrestling, House of Hardcore. And in fact, he's actually done tapings at the Great Impact Wrestling. He's been in the zone, we know. And you guys can see him right here on the screen. Give it up for my man, Jill Galvano. Red Dog, thanks for that awesome intro, brother. It's great to be here on the Three Count Podcast. It's awesome. I'm mad excited that you're here. <laughs> Great, dude. Yeah, Brian. Also, you got to throw a global syndicate wrestling on that list. Yeah, that's right. GSW. Yeah. Who, you know, it's funny yeah. though because like, as I'm learning more about like the indie scene and like doing research on everybody and like just still picking it up, like GSW is like low, like low key, just like making no waves all the way up. Yeah, I'm, like, oh, yeah. Okay. we're picking up steam. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, a lot of great talent that comes through there and wrestles. Absolutely, Red Dog. Yeah, no, the, I mean, the cards that we've put out uh, have been stacked. And um, it's just, it's it's good wrestling that started during, this is a promotion just like Invictus, which you mentioned earlier, started during the pandemic. So for these people to come onto the radar and, and, and make waves on the indie scene uh, over here in the Northeast, it's, it's, it's really, it's a testament to how hard everyone's been working. And, and yeah, to do it in the midst of the pandemic, it's, it's, it's been cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, even, well, so I think when this interview comes out, I think that, well, the answers have been made that Alexander Hammerstone, Hammerstone is going to be on the show. And it's just like, like you said, man, it's just crazy because, like, in, in the Northeast, even between, like, New Jersey to Maryland, like, just the amount of wrestling that there is that just goes on, like, left, right, and center. And then you're, like, yeah. always trying to keep up with new names and trying to keep up with these, this guy who's doing this and that guy who's doing that. And this guy's coming to this promotion. And you're, like, Oh my God, there's just so much going on. <laughs> yeah, it's a hotbed. The Northeast definitely is a hotbed. Um, and, and I thought like, I wasn't the best before I got into the business. I wasn't the best at knowing everyone's names and knowing every promotion. And I thought it would get uh, much better once I was in the business. But I think once I got in the business, Red Dog, I realized how, how much is out there. Like, wow, this is it's a bigger world than I thought. Yeah, because I know for me, my, my, even myself, right? Like I was a kid that grew up with like WCW and WWE, well, WWF and then WWE mm-hmm. and then like Impact. Well, TNA was like coming along on the Monday Night Wars too and stuff. So like I knew a lot of different promotions, but I, I didn't know about ECW until after WWE had bought them. So then mm-hmm. I had to go back and rewatch like all the stuff. And then I found out about the Dudley boys and then I became a huge Tommy Dreamer fan. And then obviously like, the, the names like were Roland Sandman, New Jack, and then you learn about the stuff that New Jack had done. And I was like, oh, and then I found out that my favorite wrestler of all time, Rey Mysterio, was in ECW for a hot minute. And I was like, oh, this is great. And then I fell in love with ECW. And then moving on up, you just like, you jump into the pool, like you said, and you think you're like, well, I know some of these promotions. And you find out there's like a whole like underground scene. You're like, 
there's something for everybody here. <laughs> oh yeah, it really is. It's the, it's the industry. It's the business that if there's so many niches and so many different flavors that, you know, anyone could find something that they like. Yeah. Right. I was, I was amazed. Cause like, uh, well, like house of hardcore and house of glory. Right. And then you mm-hmm. find out like some of these guys that there's like old style wrestling, which like I just found out about recently where like dudes act like characters from like the 1920s and they have wrestling matches didn't know that was a thing now that's something something i need I was like, this is great <laughs> so oh. much variety great the variety is great yeah and then i i'm just waiting for that one time where we get like um like a real housewives a real husbands of like whatever wrestling promotions i'm gonna be like you know what my wife and i are going because she's a huge fan of these uh. shows <laughs> That's, that's smart. Just combine combine them a little bit to, to drag both those both those audiences in. I like that. Right, right. Yeah. So I'm curious, man. We gotta start this off. Like, who is G- uh, Gio Galvano? Well, I'm a first generation Italian American, and I I got two passions in my life. Well, actually, three passions. Number one being people. I love people. Um, being close tight with my family all my life. And I just, I love people, man. I love, I've worked with people, um, work with kids. I'm big. I'm, I, I train soccer. I coach kids in soccer. I do all that. So, um, I'm just, I tell people all the time, I'm, I'm a kid in a, in a man's body. And, uh, the kid in me has always had the dream of, of becoming a professional wrestler. And the kid in me also had, uh, the dream of becoming a pro soccer player. And I got to chase both those dreams, uh, live both those dreams, and so those are my passions in life, man. People, wrestling, and soccer. That's Gio Galvano in a nutshell. Yeah, we talked about we 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 met in that Vic, at Invictus, and we talked about that. Like it was uh, the Italian Italian football, right? Where you were? Like the talking about soccer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah, the calcio, as we say in Italian. It's uh, that was that was my I I got to go there. I got to go to Italy uh, for a year after high school. Uh, I got a few program programs under my belt and, uh, it was a great experience, but yeah, all my life, man, it's just, I was obsessed with the sport and, and then when I was the kid, when I was eight years old, that's when I started getting into wrestling and I became obsessed with wrestling. So those two things, man, they really captivated me. Yeah. My wife was asking me the other day, she's like, if there was a sport that you could have gotten better in while you were in high school or even in junior high, like what sport would that have been? And I was like, soccer, hands down. I was like, as much as I love playing American football, mm-hmm. I was like, and I love wrestling. Like soccer is like the next great sport. Like it is, it's a beautiful game. And it was something that I go. got drawn into because of Brazil. Like I was a big uh, Ronaldo fan. And then when Rolandino oh. came along and then obviously like I pay attention to Hulk and Neymar and all those guys. And so like, wow. I definitely. I know that man. We didn't get the, we didn't get the talking about that when we <laughs> met at Invictus a few weeks ago. But well, we were so focused cool. on the mission. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It was, it was, it was a big day, big match day. Um, mm. But that's awesome, bro. So you, you were a big Brazilian Ronaldo fan. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, obviously he had his thyroid issue and then he became like big Ronaldo, but like Ronaldo so high, like mad skills. Like I love Ronaldo. Yeah. It didn't then, matter. Like, like that's the thing. He got, he got the knee injuries. He put on some weight. People started getting on his back. Oh, he's not as quick. He's not as fast as he used to be. That man in the 2002 World Cup, Red Dog, he scored eight goals in the World Cup. No one has done that since him. So whatever people want to say, they can say, but he's one of the best players ever. Yeah, you bring up the 2002 World Cup. That's a sore subject for me. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. 
because <laughs> I was a uh, so I was uh, a junior going into my senior year of high school, and uh, I was up every morning at like four a.m. to watch the U.S. play. Wow, and, man! You, yeah, wow. I was. I was, it was in Korea and Japan, so that time zone. That's right. For us, it was like four four in the morning. Yeah, I was dedicated yeah. to the game, and uh, they played Germany, yeah. and um, it was that last. It was like the last second shot where uh, I forget who the German player was, but the ball, yeah, ball bounced off his hand, but it wasn't a hand ball. It was just that his hand just was like drooped down, and it bounced, and it ricocheted, and it went into the goal, and uh, we ended up getting a kid from Germany as a as a foreign exchange student. And I just let this kid have it. <laughs> I was so mad at him. And he, it, he had nothing to do with it. He was just like, he's like, it was a good game. I was like, nah, y'all cheated. Y'all cheated. And y'all, it's, it's payback for World War II. That's what we got from you. <laughs> like, I was just in his face. You're getting it. Well, guess what? Your Brazilian Ronaldo took care of them in the final. Right. <laughs> What a tw- what U.S. That that U.S. team, man, it's the best U.S. team we've seen in a while. Oh, you know, yeah. we, we haven't seen a U.S. team match that 2002 team with Donovan, Clint Mathis, Tim Howard, Claudio Reyna. There's so many guys in that U.S.A. team. It was they were and they uh, Portugal at tournament that was right. epic. Yeah, was epic, like this ride. Oh, such a great team. And it it, it was just like they. It just reminds me so much of like the U.S. hockey team from like the '80s, where like they'd always be down, but they're just like always in the hunt, and then they just would slowly climb back into things, and like things would turn out. And it's just it's so weird to see that like you can like to see that soccer never really took off like in in the U.S. You know, and like it's building, it's getting there, but the skill level is not like on par with like anybody around the world you know what i mean like we're still one of the top rated countries playing but it doesn't feel like that when you look well, yeah i wouldn't say top rated country because we haven't been in the past we didn't even qualify for for last world cup right. but i the talents in this country it's just it's it's who's getting picked up who's getting noticed that's that's where the issue is, is i the system we can go into a whole other conversation about that but like there's there's a, I've, I've played in this in the systems growing up in this country and it's like there's so much talent, but some guys don't get through the ranks. It's different with the college, uh, college sports being a factor in other countries. I mean, there's no college sports, no high school sports. It's like you join the club, you grow in the academy and you move on. Right. Um, so it's like, there's this identity crisis, I think, because a lot of American coaches want to do the European way. But then there's the old American way that, that honestly, man, that old American way of, of going through high school ball, going through college that, that 2002 team for example most of those guys went that route and now we have a new system where it's like all these clubs instead and it's the it's like the level like you said man, it doesn't feel like usa has raised its game since then it doesn't feel like it but I, the popularity of the sport definitely has grown in this country no doubt about it oh yeah yeah, yeah. especially like here on the east coast you can feel it and i know in the midwest you can yeah. feel it as well like in places like in Colorado with the Rapids, as well as you get into like obviously Utah, because like just tons and tons of club teams that are always there. So like you're right, like the yeah. the expansion of the, the leagues is is growing and the fan base is growing. I just I just want to see like the talent level go up because talk about the women's side, the women's side is on point. Like crazy, always have talent. They're always loaded. It feels like 
not I know this is a wrestling podcast, but obviously we're talking about another love of ours. I know, I know we're going off. Here. Yeah, but it feels like the women, the women's soccer team is equivalent to uh, like Duke Blue, like the Duke Blue Devil team, teams that always have like talent reload, or like UConn yeah. women basketball. Like they just always have talent that's just like always hitting on all cylinders. And they it's step on the field and you're like, oh snap, this is they might blow through the opposition today. Like every, every game could be a blowout for them. Dude. It's crazy. Every game. Um, so yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, let's get back to wrestling. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. This is like a foreign language to them. Yeah. Everybody's going to be like, what? No, no. So what, okay. So what brought you into the business of wrestling though? Uh, so uh, it's an interesting story. And it, a lot of people, they get into wrestling and then they, they'll go out and they'll buy the products and the video games and the, and the t-shirts and all that and the action figures. But me, my brothers, we did it reverse. We bought a video game first. We bought WWF SmackDown, Just Bring It. I was eight years old. We rented it, actually. We rented it from a video store. Mm. And we brought it home. We started playing it. We fell in love with the game. It was a great game. And then we're flipping through the channels that week on TV, and we go through SmackDown. And we're like, oh, my God, it's the big show. It's Kurt Angle. Like These are all the guys from the game. (laughs) And so we were hooked. And that's how it all began. I was eight years old. Dang, that's awesome though that's awesome that it was a video game that you guys were like i'm just gonna let's just try this game out see what happens and then yeah exactly world opens up <laughs> exactly yeah definitely big world opened up for me so that's like that's that's like probably like the most unique story i've heard was just based off a video game which is cool because that's that's why wwe continues to put out like you know they get 2k or they get somebody else like yuki to like put out the games because obviously they keep drawing the interest and they build the fan base up and then you know we'll see if people try to stick in it but aside from playing all the video games right it's well on that note real quick though it's great because a lot of kids nowadays like i said earlier i work with kids like they're watching youtube videos they're watching streamers video game streamers content creators and that's a window that a lot of kids can get into wrestling now that's a, that's a good window. And I think WWE's got to continue to build that, that fan, build new fans with kids, not just yeah. relying on the old fans. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's funny. Cause like my daughter is like a massive wrestling fan now. And like, she even has a top five. Right. And her favorite wrestler of like right now is Sasha Banks, but what's interesting. And she's actually said this on the show before her second favorite wrestler is basic Becca from limit uh, limitless wrestling up in Maine. And uh, then after that, it's like Bailey and Ronda Rousey and then uh, uh, Kyrie Sane and Asuka and Io Shirai. So I've seen like the list like change, but it was interesting to see that a person from the indie scene is her second favorite all-time wrestler. So Very, how old is she? Your daughter? Uh, she's 10. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I got her into the, I got her into wrestling to be real. I got her into wrestling when she was an infant. Um, and what's funny is like she used to cry like when certain songs were coming, but anytime Alberto Del Rio like that song started, like tears dried up and she was like all smiles. And I was like, my daughter's a heel, man. Like this is not oh, good. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, That's it was. God it was bless, man. Get the mini wrestling fanatic right there. That's beautiful. Right, and then now she now she's like, I want to get in a ring. I want to learn how to bump. She's like, I'm. You know, I can already, she already does handstand bumps and she does them well. And just like, all right, well, I can't have you bumping in the ring because you're too young. <laughs> As I need you to get a little older and then we'll talk about it. But uh, yeah, that's, 
it's it's interesting to see like the little the little gleam in her eye like because yeah. artistically it challenges her she developed her own character um this like wolf character that she like loves she got um but she got inspired by japanese anime uh and she's like i'm a kune is this like wolf type creature and whenever i beat people i'm just gonna howl and i'm like cool <laughs> there it is yeah so i'm like i'm never gonna pull it away from her i was like yeah just keep building on it she like she like has ears and stuff like she comes with a headband she has ears she has a tail she like talks back like it's, have her own taunts yeah she has her own yeah. taunt like yeah. she's doing it all i'm like okay i was like i see the world building that you're doing with this character yeah. i was like i'm not gonna turn you away from it i was like now we just gotta get you a move set and you can talk some trash <laughs> yeah right that's cool dude i mean it's cool to hear a firsthand account of 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 how especially like with women nowadays how they're featured as marquee figures for a lot of wrestling promotions it's how it's going to inspire the next generation yeah and i i continually like introduce her to like all new female wrestlers right so like with this show especially i love like having female talent on because the thing that it inspires me is if i get a female talent on like we've had and I, it's name dropping here guys i'm sorry okay but we've had like adina Steele on we've had uh gabby ortiz we've had basic becca of course we've had um gabby gilbert we've had uh lane rosario who's now a referee down over in uh florida we've had uh amber rodriguez like we've had these lists of women but we've also had our first international one which by the time that this comes out you guys will see kiara uh which coincidentally that's how my daughter spells her name too but um I get all these women to like interact with her because obviously I want her to see like, there's all these women that are in wrestling and they're like pushing this massive ball like forward and like just clearing a path for all future wrestling, female wrestling talent that's going to be coming through. Absolutely, man. Yeah. But we got to get back into this, man, because we talk about games and stuff like that. And we know that we get to hit people with chairs and stuff like that. But I got to know for you, what's been the worst bump you've taken? The worst bump, I um, I, I think so. When I was starting out in wrestling school, we were about like two months in, maybe month and a half in, and that's when we learned front bumps, just face bumps. And we had Red Dog in our school, I think fifteen guys at this point. So we have our first week of face bumps, and by the end of that week, Red Dog, we we had six guys left. In the school. <laughs> yep. So a lot of people they quit after that week of face bumps. Um, and if I the first week I had like I had a nice shiner right here because when you take it you want to keep keep your head tilted this way and you want to tense your neck up, but it was brand new and just my body not being used to it, my my head kept my face actually kept smacking the mat. So so I had a nice shiner on my face for a week. And like I said, like three quarters of the school bounced and, uh, but yeah, it was that, that, that week stuff, you know, definitely stuck out to me in my training. It's, it's interesting. You talk about the dropout rate. I'm just curious, like in the first week, do you remember how many kids you started with? What's that again? Sorry, I said, in the, oh, I'm sorry, but in the first week of school. So it's interesting that you mentioned that like the dropout rate with, uh, with face pumps. So in the first week, like how many kids dropped out of your class? I, like I said, I, th- I think it, it was 15 guys when we started face bumps. Mm-hmm. And these 15 guys, like they were sticking through the chain wrestling for a couple of weeks. 
stuck through a couple, most, most of them stuck through the back bumps. It was maybe like 17 or 18 when we first started. A few dropped out after the back bumps. And then after face bumps, we went from about 15 kids to, to six kids. <laughs> so. that, I was going to say, I had a similar situation where the first week I showed up, I had nine kids, right? Cool. Get to learn mm-hmm. with all these guys. Okay. After yeah. that, we had 30 kids join the next week. So it was like 34 people were in this class. After bumping, there was me. <laughs> Ooh. That was it. Lone soldier. Yeah. <laughs> I just came wow. back to the next week and I was just like, where's everybody at? They're like, uh, I don't know. I was like, okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> wow, man. Very interesting. So I'm curious, I don't mean to be to flip the role of interviewer here, but like for you, someone who's been in the military, what are the similarities between military training and wrestling training? Uh, it's just, it's about the structure. Like really, if you have like a good system and everything's like structured and on point, like things just happen in routine. Uh, you're not really, you got to make sure mentally you're strong. That's like one thing, like in the military, like when you go through basic training, like they, they tell you right off the jump, we're going to break you down. I'm going to build you up in the way that the military needs you. And it's like that. And it's like that in wrestling too. Like you're going to get broken down, but they're going to build you back up and they're going to teach you like all the things that you need to know. Right. And they're going to give you all the proper techniques to learn how to do it. Right. So you're talking about face bumps where, you know, you, you have the hand, right. Well, like, I was taught like to use a, uh, a diamond, like to catch yourself in a diamond. Oh, okay. So like, you're always, you're always constantly learning, but then you're always like picking up like new things. And then yep. you have to go out and uh, mentally, you just got to prepare yourself mentally for every day that you're going into training. So it's, it's, and it's like that in the military, like you mentally, you have to prepare yourself for the next, the next battle or the next mission. So it's, it's just something that just, I don't know, for me, it never felt like it was, um, it was too, I don't know. It was weird. It just never felt like it was ever too much. Like I kind of knew like what I was going to get into, like, yeah, I'm going to learn how to take bumps and I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. going to get beat up, but I'm going to keep coming. And that's the one thing too, is my trainer will tell you like the, the one thing about me is just like, I'm just, I'm tenacious. Like I just will just keep coming. Like no matter what happens, I just keep knocking at the door and he's just like, dude, sometimes you're just really annoying, but you just like inspire me to want to keep pushing because you mm-hmm. keep pushing so it's just, it's fun to see. Clearly, bro, you were the most mentally prepared. Yeah. After, clearly. Well, like, so after that week, it was just me. Then the week after, um, I think we got, it was like right into February, which by the way, my training facility is outdoors. So like the mm-hmm. cold could have played a factor into this, but I was already ready for whatever was going to come. So come uh, March, everything got shut down because of COVID. But then like when I came back in May, uh, this new dude showed up with me and we were bumping and he was former military too. Like he was in the air force and just like me. So we were like, Oh, okay, cool. We're going to do this. And uh, coincidentally, we were both the oldest. He's actually older than me. I think by two years, I think he's like 37 I'm 30. Like I'm turning 35. I'm turning 36 years. I'm 35. But um, yeah, then all of a sudden, like we started seeing more kids, like started to come in and bump, but consistently it was just us two, but it was crazy for the longest time. And we had another dude who I remember another guy popped in was talking about how he wanted it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do this for a career. Took a back bump off a drop kick. Maybe my drop kick. Didn't see him again. <laughs> Adios. Yep. 
Adio, dust in the wind. Yeah, and that's it is what it is. But yeah, me and Will, um, you you'll hear about Will Knox. Will Fantastic, the Fantastic Will Knox is uh tearing it up on the backside. So he's like up and down Tennessee like all the time, and he just debuted at SWC uh this last weekend. He's uh he's an animal too. Very cool, man. Good stuff. But so aside from learning face bumps, what's the hardest you've ever been hit? <laughs> um. I, uh, so this was, this was early in my career, like maybe my fifth or sixth, no, wait, my seventh match somewhere around there. And my trainer, Randy Sean, that was his name. That was his working name at the time. What's his real name too, but he was working as Randy Sean for the small promotion in Massachusetts, Lucky Pro Wrestling. And he was running a gauntlet one night for his hard knocks title. And I was the second out in the gauntlet and it was only going to be a minute match. I was going to hit him a couple moves then get distracted from his manager. He's a low blow me and uh, give me the super kick. And he, he laid, he's, he works real good, real safe. He's my trainer. He's taught me everything. Um, but this one night, uh, I think maybe the excitement of working together on a show, he fucking laid that super kick right into my jaw. And that, my jaw was clicking for a good week. Mm. uh i get adrenaline was kicking so i felt it you know what i'm saying but i didn't it didn't you know it didn't round my cage or anything uh, but then like an hour after the show that and you know adrenaline where it starts to wear off i'm like oh shit and my jaw is like clicking for a week so damn damn that's wild <laughs> i'm blessed man like, like that's 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 really not bad in the grand scheme of things but yeah that was definitely a nice kick to the jaw that that uh, I felt it. <laughs> it's funny how you talk about like the excitement too. Like you feel like you have to like, that's the other part too, right? Is that like with the military, like you were asking about this and I, I just thought about this, like, like you got to keep composed, right? Like yeah. you have to keep composed. Like you might yeah. remember like you're still in character, like you're still like you're still, And in the military, like that's something they tell you, like you always got to keep your composure, which is what basic training is all about, right? Where you get, you get to prototype movie guys like they're in your face or like yelling like knife hands at your face all day like telling you what's going on and just berating you and you got to keep composure and so like to me like that's something that like Chaz and I like we we train together and uh Chaz will Chaz will punch me in the face and I, I have to remember, like, this is not a fight. This is, this is just, this is what happens. Sometimes things happen. And, like, I've had my lips, like, I had one split right down the center. I had one busted open in the middle of a match. Um, in a practice match, I got, like, a good chunk inside of my lip. Got busted open from a super kick. And, like, guys were like, are you okay? I'm like, hey, man, this is, it's going to happen. Let's just go. <laughs> like, Okay. <laughs> I'm just like obviously everyone wants to be as safe as possible yeah yeah there's you know things slip ups happen here and there yeah and that's why that's why i love this is why i love the sport though i'm always like i get something happen and someone's like are you okay i'm like dude it happens we just gotta go let's just keep moving but you're bleeding i don't care (laughs) yeah if if, if it really can help the match you can help physicality factor sometimes It's, it's good to have yeah um, all right, so you talked about how you had your jaw clicking for a week after your match, but I'm very curious because most wrestlers won't eat before a show or even like a few hours before the show, but they always have that post-match meal. 
And I'm very curious, man, what's your post-match meal? Oh, dude. Um, interesting question. I think even though it's great to have the carbs beforehand for the energy, it's important to have them after replenish. And I, I'm always craving like a nice hot bowl of pasta after a big, big show or a big workout. Um, I love, I love pasta, dude. So definitely some pasta in the mix and good protein, good meat. It could be any type. I mean, I'm, dude, I love meat, dude. I love, I eat a lot of chicken, a lot of beef, a lot of pork, you know, it's, so I just some hot, nice hot bowl of pasta with maybe we'll go, we'll go, we'll go classic chicken cutlets. How does that sound? Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down I'm for that. About it, man. Yeah. I was actually the day I were recording this, we were doing spaghetti with chicken Parmesan. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, there you go. I know exactly where we're at. <laughs> I feel great. I feel great eating that. All right. Well, that is being your, your post-match meal. I'm very curious though, man. Like what advice would you give to up and coming wrestlers? Uh, I'll use the advice that uh, my, my trainer, Bully Ray, gives out. Um, shut up, listen, and get over. Those are the three, top three right there. So close your mouth, listen. Is this, you, you talked about, you touched on it earlier, how much there is to digest and learn in this business. And there's so many different flavors of ice cream, so many different, so many different facets that go into professional wrestling that can't learn in one year it takes time so you listen digest everything and at the end of the day red dog it's most important that you get over with the with the crowd with the, with the fans whether you're a heel whether you're baby face get over facts that's another great advice so then we got to go to the last hard-hitting question before we go to the second best segment of the Three Count Podcast, and that is I need one do and one don't of the locker room. Shake everyone's hand when you go in there. I know it's COVID times now, so maybe a fist bump or <laughs> or, uh, or a what's up, but definitely acknowledge everyone. You know, we're all there because we love professional wrestling. We're all there. We're all different shapes and sizes and backgrounds. And characters, we're, we're all different, but we have the same passion. So, you know, respect other people's passion and respect your working environment. So that's my do. And the, the don't is, um, I honestly, going back to the safety thing, don't be unsafe. You know, don't be unsafe. Because in the midst of everything that goes on in a show, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're going over your match, you're, you're thinking about the crowd, the you're trying to react to the crowd. You got an entrance, you got your gear, you got everything that's going on into a performance. Sometimes it, the safety aspect gets pushed to shot, pushed aside a little bit, but obviously that's the number one, man. So don't be unsafe. Right. I, that's, that's great advice. That's other great. That's great. Like to say too, because it's something else like I've started picking up too, was if you don't think you can do it, don't do it. <laughs> yeah stick to what you're good at like that's something that 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 comes up in our training um you know people obviously it's practice environment you want to try a couple different moves that's cool but if you try something and it's so so try it again it's still so so try it again it's it's not clicking that's you don't need to do it we can control what we do in professional wrestling yes it's a sport but yes we can control what goes on out there to a certain degree so stick to what you're good at stick to your strengths and uh, yeah, accentuate those positives. Facts. Well, 
Those are my hard-hitting questions. So we have to get into the second best segment of this show, which is the you know three-count podcast, 10-count questions. This is how it works. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you. Rapid, fast. It's whatever first comes to mind. All right. All right. So we're going to put on the imaginary timer. Bing. And here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Smackdown. Favorite Premier League team? Aston Villa. Okay. We're going to have to fight. Favorite <laughs> uh, Friday night, what you doing? Friday night, um, hopping on some PlayStation. Okay. Favorite movie? Scent of a Woman, Al Pacino. Right on. Sonic or Mario? Mario. Favorite cartoon? Regular show. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Lions or Tigers? Lions. Favorite podcast? Oh, man. Um, Favorite podcast? I'm listening to one called Football Ramble a lot lately. Football Ramble. It's about soccer. The English guys just having a good time. <laughs> yes. Talking about the game. Talking about the beautiful game. Loving Facts. it. Uh, nominate one person that you want to see on this show. Ooh. Um, uh, one person I want to send a three count. We have some up and comers uh, at the new school. Um, there's one who just got his wings, just got uh blessed to have his to have matches he's been working real hard over i think two years now um and he finally got the green light to have matches and his name is tko kasenko and uh he's good dude he's interesting dude he he has he has good social media following good youtube following and uh you know so he's and he love he's he loves professional wrestling so just he comes to mind right away tko kasenko bets and then last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person who comes on this show, favorite curse word. Oh, um, I love fucking A. <laughs> I don't know where that originated, if it's Canada or what, but fucking A. Fucking A. I don't know where that, where that originated, but when you say that, it's, it's I, I love saying that. <laughs> it doesn't sound right, but I love saying that. I love it. All right. So the last thing I need from you, man, is just to let our viewers and our listeners know where they can find you. So on Instagram, you can find me at geo underscore Galvano. It's G-I-O underscore G-A-L-V-A-N-O. And on Twitter, you can find me at geo underscore official, spell the official with a zero. And you'll you'll find all that's up to date on, on the world of Geo Galvano. Bet. And there you go. And there's where you have it. And so with that being said, this is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering Ring. And as I said, I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, but it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. And so now entering the ring, you see him right there. He is the legend, the soccer-loving player. Give it up for Gio Galvano. And you guys know what to do. Tune into the next episode and be there or you just wait Till the end of this episode, the outro, and then our next episode is going to play. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. 
Give us a like. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. Oh, at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So. Show some support, please.